Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to the Monday Hustle. I am your host. My name is Malcolm Grant. For those of you that do not know me, I am a nobody. This is my show, and I started this podcast simply because I felt that I had a lot to share with my own life experiences and things that have happened amongst my peers or even my coworkers or whomever I've crossed paths with. Um, I used to do a podcast with a friend of mine, a dear friend of mine, and <clears throat> things started to kind of fade away. And I feel like this is the only outlet where I feel most comfortable discussing things that I'm able to discuss without any distractions in hopes that maybe it can help change someone's life or even help someone get some insight on things that they may be going through. So this podcast is specifically made for those that want to grow, that want to have a different perspective in their mindset, and for those people that are just natural-born hustlers and that 9-to-5 life is not them to their core and they need to understand or feel what it is that they're going through and maybe find someone that they can relate to because I struggled with finding uh, relative people growing up to not only the way that I thought but the way that I felt or the way that I was as an individual and I didn't have many people to turn to and if I did uh, it wasn't the greatest of advice it was more just like you know stop feeling that you know you're a man or stop acting that way because you're an adult or whatever the case may be it's very hard to find like-minded individuals and as I started to get older I started to find a lot of like-minded individuals amongst social media and the internet and have continued to surround um, what it is that I do and the things that I listen to um, in order for me to just get a better understanding of who I am. And um, this isn't a podcast of regurgitated information. I'm not a life coach, but this podcast is specifically meant for those people that need to hear Maybe it's something that they've always been talking to themselves about, or maybe it's something that they've been going through, and maybe need to hear it from an outside, pers- an outside, um, but not have an outside perspective, in order for them to get some clarity on what might be going on. And then there are also some things that I have gone through, like today, um, that also I feel is is important to to growth in general. Um, first off, this week we got the best holiday coming up all right thanksgiving you know for those of you that have already celebrated friendsgiving congratulations to y'all you got a lot of friends um thanksgiving is one of those holidays for me growing up that i felt um really brought the family together um when i was growing up as i got older i wouldn't say that it was the same feeling uh i still truly love thanksgiving and um it seems that now me and my fiance have to start from the beginning and create this family style tradition that I thought was so pure and honest and beautiful growing up because everybody put their feelings and emotions aside as adults and did it for the children. And as we started to get older, you started to realize a little bit more about the bullshit that goes on between between the family members and truly Uh, start to find out that nobody gives a fuck about anybody else and uh, people become very selfish. Um, But 
that doesn't mean it's for everybody. That is just a direct reflection on my relationship and, and my family. Um, now, there are a select few of us that still stay in touch and that we're all close. Um, unfortunately, none of us live together. <laughs> so it's uh, just me and my fiance. My brother just left to New York not too long ago on the 16th, on the 16th of November. Um, and the reason why I mentioned that is because prior to him leaving, he, uh, he actually had the opportunity to, to stay with, with me and my fiance, his sister-in-law, which is actually pretty cool. Um, and he stayed with us for about a, a few weeks. My brother has this thing where he likes to, I wouldn't necessarily call it hoarding, but it's kind of like collecting, so to speak. So he has uh, these things that we've had since childhood, or at least, you know, I didn't even know. Um, he had the pleasure of staying with my parents for quite some time, which is pretty cool. Um, all the way up until before he got his first place, I didn't necessarily have the same exact outcome. So I lost a lot of things, a lot of clothes, a lot of shoes, a lot of toys, a lot of things I just didn't keep because it had to be easy to move around. So my brother's here, and each and every day that passes by getting closer to him leaving, I find uh, something in my, my office. First thing I find is uh, this little toy by the name of Action Man. And if any of you know or ever heard of Action Man, I believe it was back in, let's see, what does it say here? Back in 2001, uh, me and my brother used to tie this guy to a rubber band and basically pretend like he had bungee jumping skills and tie him to a lamp or a fan and play with this guy Action Man. And every day after school, we would go and watch <clears throat> the TV show called Action Man. It's just like superhero style guy. And uh, I started cracking up because I was like, how do you have something? Well, I knew it was him, obviously, but how do you have something from um, 18 years ago? You know, almost 19 years ago that you had this uh, this toy that we used to play with. And each day there was like a different toy that was set in my computer or on my desk. And <clears throat> he asked me if I remembered uh, a story of when I went to blank. And uh, I, I don't remember when, but he started showing me pictures of me and my kid, of me as a kid and the things that I was going through and... Uh, or the way that I looked, and I thought it was it was very nostalgic at the time. He then told me, hey, man, uh, I have a notebook that I think that you may want to read, and that notebook um, was an old-school black-and-white composition notebook, and he gave it to me, and he said, I think it's important that you read um, this. Either you choose to read it with your fiance, you choose to read it on your own, and I and I, I believe I shared it with her, but I read it first for myself, and it was a, the composition notebook was a journal that uh, that I had written in in back in 2010, so about 10 years ago. <clears throat> uh, about 10 years ago, 2010. Yeah, wow, almost 10 years ago. Am I doing the math right? Yeah. All right, almost a decade ago. Uh, my mother felt that in order, I, I ended up going to rehab in 2010. I went to the watershed in Boynton Beach. I want to say it's Boynton Beach. I went to the watershed in Boynton Beach. 
Um, I ended up going uh, to this rehabilitation center, and I was there for about 61 days. Um, during that time, just to give you a reference, if any of you guys listen to Eminem, is when he re- when he released the recovery album. That's around the time that I was in there, and we actually were in the the same. Not the same building, but there's another one that's a co-ed one down south of where we were, but we were in, in treatment at the same time, so I thought that was pretty cool, like, you know, that we were both getting help, and he was one of my favorite rappers, but that's besides the point. So inside of this book, all right, <clears throat> inside of this book, there were many journal entries, and a lot of the things that I was talking about, you know, were just... Things that I didn't necessarily that I voiced today, but wasn't necessarily confident or um, in a position where I felt I could say certain things. So you know, it talked about the people that I met, and it it talked about the way that I felt, and it described the way that I knew that my anger was getting the best of me, and that there were just these crazy, um, crazy things that I just continued to talk about that. I completely forgot about to present day, you know. So it was just a it was just a good reminder as I started to read through it. The just the the depression, the hurt, the anger, the 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 loneliness, the um, the lack of drive that I had, and I just had this bitter, sour taste in my mouth as a seventeen year old. Um, I think am I twenty seven? Yeah, twenty seven. As a 17-year-old, just this profound anger that I just had built inside of me. <clears throat> there was one letter that I wrote, and it was to my uh, it was to my father, my um, therapist at the time. Basically, told me I couldn't graduate and get to like the next level until I until I. Um, until I wrote this letter to my father. I hadn't met my father. <clears throat> yeah, I still haven't met him. I know who he is. I got found him through Facebook or so on and so forth. But <clears throat> up until that day, I hadn't met him. And I remember saying, what do you want me to write to my father? And I wrote this long, I think it was like three pages long, four pages long, front and back. And a lot of it was, uh, it re- a lot of it was resentment. And and, and I guess the, the feeling of the unknown or the realization that, I never had the opportunity to grow up with a father, and that always bothered me, you know? And whether he was good or whether he was bad, just my idea of what it would be like to have a father figure in my life, I felt like things would be so different. Now, it's not like it's not like I'm on the side of the street and, you know, fucking begging for change and, you know, put myself in a position where it's like, oh, because I didn't have my father, you know, my life sucks. It's like I had that mentality for a long time growing up. Um, that I didn't have a father figure, so that's why I was X, Y, and Z. But I think it's important to understand that I didn't know any better as well. And sometimes we don't know any better just because we're we're young and, and don't understand the concept of growing up and what it means to, to take care of our shit and have accountability and, and be 
in a position where we can't allow the things that happened in our past and things that we don't have affect us present day. I didn't have all these fucking motivational speakers and gurus and, and people to look to, to, to give me the insight. Everyone around me was in the same boat. Like, fuck this. What was me? Life sucks. This is, this is this. My family beats me. My, my mom, um, abused me. My fucking, my, my uncle, you know, raped me and blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. <clears throat> now, the important part about this entire story is not everything prior. It's uh, it's the end. It's the end of the journal. In the end of the journal, um, I had a, a one sheet of paper where I had the people that I guess I was supposed to stay in contact with or connect with after I got gotten out. And I started reading um, through the list, you know. Uh, some had names and Facebooks and emails, um... I don't think Instagram, maybe Instagram was around then, but I didn't have one. But um, their phone numbers. And uh, so I think there was maybe 10. I want to say 10. Some I couldn't find. Some I could find. I want to say three out of the 10 that I that I found um, were still alive and doing whatever it is that they were doing. Uh, maybe like two of the numbers weren't. Um, weren't the right numbers, which is unfortunate because it was a, a lady. She was a tech, and she really helped me out. She looked out for me, um, and I wanted to at least thank her. But the others that I did found had passed away um, to drugs and alcohol, um, and it was. I remember, and I remember being in rehab, like having this this uh, same thought process, um, the same the same. Um, they used to always say this thing, like, if you go back out there and use, you're going to die. Very, very apocalyptic style um, training, I guess. And I, and I knew that it worked because when I got out and I smoked weed, when I got out of rehab, I remember when I smoked weed, I had this this apocalyptic um, feeling that, like, things were going to go to shit and my life was going to end and blah, 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 because that's all I've been hearing for the past 61 days and um, it was uh, it was very intense. But what I what I found was things weren't the end of the road for me then, and they weren't. Then it wasn't the end of the road for those same people that had passed away. Rest in peace to their souls. A lot of them are really good people. Um, and it wasn't the rest. It wasn't their time to give up. It wasn't their time to, to, to make a stand and, and put themselves in a position where they were going to do better for themselves because it was easy to stay sober in a controlled environment. It was easy to be like, I'm never going to use again because I feel great and I'm around other people that are sober and my drug dealer's not around and so on and so forth. And it was easy for, for me to be like, you know, I'm never going to do that again because I feel like this. And it was easy when we surrounded ourselves or had ourselves surrounded with the right people and the right support system in order for us to stay sober. The minute I got out of that place, I went straight to drinking and I went straight to to smoking weed. I wouldn't call it um, using, but straight to smoking weed. Um, from 2010 all the way up until 2016 or 17, I continued to still drink and use drugs and... The same situation could have happened to me. 
amongst those 10 people that I had reached out to or looked for back when we went to rehab in the same place. Could have been it. Could have been us. I don't remember exactly the statistic, but it also could have been us. But it took an additional 10 years, an additional six years for me to continuously go through bullshit after bullshit after bullshit. It continuously had me hit rock bottom over and over and over and over and over again. And that is the thing I want to talk about the most is understanding what it means to be in rock bottom. I've talked about this I've talked about this before in an old podcast. And the funny thing about it is it's still relevant today as it was two years ago. Being in rock bottom puts you in a position where you have had enough. Whether you have had enough of drinking and, uh, drinking and using drugs, whether you've had enough of being at your job, whether you've had enough of, of the abusive relationship, whether you've had enough of the people you surround yourself with, rock bottom is a place where you want everything to completely shut out. You don't want to hear anything. You don't want to feel anything. You don't want anything besides whatever it is on your conscious mind at the time to either be fixed, to be mended, to be saved, to be taken away from you. You just want whatever it is at that point in time where you were so fixated in the moment that nothing else matters. That's the feeling for me personally, what it feels like to be at rock bottom. I remember one time specifically when I was homeless <clears throat> and I woke up, um, I woke up on a, it was a, I woke up in sunrise. It was, I woke up at sunrise on a beach. I remember all day long we were just doing, it was a group of us, we were all doing stupid shit and we like stole a bunch of the quilts and covers from the Ritz-Carlton because they had the heaviest and it was going to keep us cool at night and we slept in where the bushes are um, right off of Sunrise Boulevard in A1A. <clears throat> And I remember waking up, I remember waking up and I looked over in the middle, in the middle, in the morning, early morning, and I look over down by the shore and down by the shore, there's this family, there's two families and this couple and they were getting married. It was a beautiful morning. And I, and I remember like everybody else getting up and just kind of just going about the day, go, how are we going to make this money? How are we going to blah, 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 blah for the day? And I couldn't get my eyes off the wedding wasn't a super big believer in, you know, weddings and things of that nature at the time, but I remember telling myself, like, what am I doing? At times slowed down and it was at a point there when I was like, dude, I, I, I don't I don't I don't deserve to be on the street. I don't need I shouldn't be here. This is not this should not be the end of the road for me. This should not be where I end up at eighteen, nineteen, or however old I was, maybe twenty years old, where I need to be here. I need to find a way out. I need to find an escape. I need to figure out something because I'm desperate to get out of this position of this rock bottom. I'm desperate that I, that I had to sit down and see what life could be like on the flip side instead of just accepting the fact that I'm in this position and I'm not going to stay here for the rest of my life. I can't. I cannot see myself doing nothing every single day for 24 hours for the next 40, 50, 60 years. I panicked. 
I panicked. I got my shit together for a short period of time. Um, I ended up getting into a place a friend of mine actually took me out, and I, and I haven't been homeless since. Thank God. But then in 2017, I hit an ultimate rock bottom because I couldn't differentiate what's real and what's fantasy. Thinking that the same mentality is going to keep me on the straight and narrow and things are just going to continuously always work out for me. And at this point in time, I had zero options. I was left with absolutely nothing. I was on the brink of going back to that homelessness. I was on the brink of losing my relationship. I was on the brink. I had actually lost three jobs is what happened. But I was also on the brink of losing myself. I was at a point in time now where I had no friends. I had no family. I had no money. I had no job. I had nothing in my possession besides myself, my will, and my determination to do and change the way that I was acting, the way that my life was turning out to be because I had hit rock bottom again to the point where now Every single time I think about giving up or every single time I'm in a position where I'm like, oh, I don't want this for my life. And every single time I'm like, oh, I'm going to spend my, I think about, oh, I could just spend all my money on this just to have fun for the moment. It's like, I never, never want to go back into that place where I feel desperate, where I feel hopeless, where I am now in a position where I can no longer help someone. I never want to feel that ever again. And you want to know how I deter myself from feeling like that ever again? I always, always, always keep the rock bottom mentality at the forefront of my mind. I always remember and remind myself there was a point when I did not have blank. There was a point when my relationship was toxic. There was a point when I fucking distanced myself from all of my friends and burnt all of my bridges and didn't have a job and didn't have money and didn't have X, Y, and Z. I always have to remind myself that if I take away the rock bottom mentality, then I will go right back into the rock bottom tendencies that have led me to absolutely nothing but 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 uh, complete destruction and 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 nothing but lies and deceit and anger and and resentment and ultimately sadness and loneliness because I thought that just by me having fun all the time, that's what's important. By me not building something for myself and the people around me, that's not important. That's exactly what I had to tell myself. So now, when it comes to the point where it's like, oh, hey, do you want to go so on and so forth? I'm like, you know, sometimes people ask me, um, how can you go wherever and then not drink? Because I know in the fucking back of my brain, in the forefront of my mind, that if I drink, I know what's going to happen. If I continue to go down that path, it may not be today, it may not be a year from now, but it could be five years from now. I don't, I don't know when it can happen. Why do I not put myself in? Why don't I talk shit to, to somebody that says something about me? Because I know where that, where that road leads. Because I'll end up fighting someone. And then I'll end up enjoying it. I'll end up being like, yeah, you know, I want to be the hardest motherfucker like I did before and blah, 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 blah. And it's just, I always have to remind myself, I do not want to be in the position where I was hopeless, where I could not help anybody, where I could not feed myself, where I was literally surviving off of everyone else's prosperity 
and their time and their hard work, I don't want to be that guy anymore. I want to be the guy like, oh, shit, you made it. Oh, shit, you were the least likely to succeed. Oh, shit, like, out of all the people, I you were the last person I thought that would, you know, put yourself in a position uh, where you've set yourself up to succeed. That's what I want. That's what I want, and that's what I drive myself towards because if I ever, if I ever had to give advice to someone, I always say, them to, I always say the one piece of advice is this. Actually, it was pretty funny because Gary Vee said something like this. The guy's like, oh, give me five words of advice or four words or something. He's like, you're going to die. And it's so true. It's so true. It's so true because it's so commonly, like, <laughs> I think it's just one of those things where, like, yeah, I know I'm going to die, whatever, brush it off. But, like, if you really sat down and took five minutes to close your eyes and just, like, think, like, I'm going to go through my life and I'm going to go and do this and my life's going to go, I'm going to have kids or whatever it is. And then at one point, you know, like, life's going to end. My life's going to end. And the world's going to keep spinning. And people are going to still be living. And then 100 years will pass by. And then no one will remember what I did. And what. And then you realize how fucking insignificant some of the shit we do or some of the shit we fucking really, like, stress over doesn't matter. And, you know, I came so close to losing my life or even, or even taking other people's lives where every single day I open my eyes, I'm so surprised. I'm so surprised, but I'm so surprised and I'm grateful that I get the opportunity to do it again. I'm so surprised that I get the opportunity to be able to, you know, just be, you know, it's not even like be fancy or, or be someone that I'm not just, I just get to be myself, you know, and I always have to put myself in a position of like a primitive mind state where do I have, you know, a shelter, do I have shelter, do I have food, you know, and, and, and do I have clothes on my back? You know, and if I do, everything else is a bonus. And it's not me just sitting back and like, yeah, I love it. I have a bare minimum. It's like I'm still, I still want to grind and still want to put myself in a position to flourish. You know, um, but I'm just saying, like, when I have those things, and I'm not in a position where I was back to rock bottom, life is so great. Life literally is is so abundant with with like so so abundant because. There are so many things that we could not be doing, you know? There are so many, there's a handful of people that I, that I know, that I've worked with, that I've hired, that I've, that, I've, that I've went to school with that are either dead or they're in jail, you know? And, 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 that's the, and that's the sad truth to it, you know? Every day I wake up and I get the opportunity to do this and I'm not in, in a worse place than I used to be, you know, it's good. Life's good, you know, and I think that it's important for everybody to find, so the one piece of advice that I was going to give, sorry, the one piece of advice that I wanted to give or will always give to someone is, do you remember that time where you were so desperate that even if you didn't believe in God, you prayed to somebody? I'm talking about that moment, that moment where you have gotten on your knees or you've sat down and you literally have spoken to air, spoken to the universe, and you begged for help. That moment of desperation and fear and anger and sadness and all of the above, when those feelings had arise at that point in time, that is the moment that I am talking about that you need to remember at all times because that is going to be the driving factor for you and your family and whomever 
you consider your family, but that is going to be the driving factor because that way you'll never forget that you never want to ever, ever be there because it is the worst place on earth to be in is rock bottom. But it is also the best tool that you can use to help continuously push you forward each and every fucking day. All right? I want to thank you guys so much. I'm going to wrap it up here. And I hope that you guys took something from this. You ladies took something from this that you can use. And I know that you can use it. We've all been in a position where we've, where we've hit rock bottom. And it doesn't have to be as drastic. It doesn't have to be as dramatic as everybody else's. Your rock bottom could be failing school. You know? Your rock bottom could be crashing a car that you love so much and you said that you would never ever crash a car because of some stupid recklessness that you're doing. Rock bottom is different for everybody. But find that moment. Find that moment and never forget it. Take a picture of something or take a, a piece from that year, that era, that fucking will remind you. Like, I remember that was the worst year of my life that I never want to do X, Y, and Z, okay? Don't try to, to suppress that. Deal with those things. Understand that those things, like, are can help you. You know, don't take all negativity and be like, oh, man, the negative stuff is fucking weighing me down. Like, there are two types of people, those that take negativity and fucking run with it and they use it as fire and they use it as fuel to get themselves where they need to go. And then other people that allow the negativity to, to consume them and don't be the person that allows negativity to consume them because there's a lot of negativity out there. You have your own bullshit you got to deal with and there's everybody else's bullshit that you don't necessarily have to deal with, but they try to put on you as well. And just remember, you are the most important individual. So take care of you first. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the Monday Hustle. I love each and every one of you guys. And remember, please, if you have not left feedback, commented, liked, subscribed, whatever the hell it is that you do or wherever you hear it is, please do me a favor and either hit me in my DMs at M-A-E-L-K-U-H-M. Tell me what you got out of the show or tell me what you get out of the podcast or you can even you can even uh, message at the Monday Hustle, all one word. And all lowercase, I know you can't do anything different about it, but please, please, please leave a comment. Let me know what you think. Thanks so much. I love you guys. Let's get out there and hustle.